This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Yeah, you're here at the highlight of civilization where I'm going to call the turn. I'm calling it today. Today's the turn toward the golden age. Oh, I told you we'd have to eat a pile of crap before the turn, but here we are. And, oh, I forgot to tweet. I should have tweeted out to the YouTube people. Eh, eh, hold on. Let me bring in some more friends here. I'll, I'll tweet this without, without a title. That's all you need. And while I'm doing this, let me tell you the good news before we do the simultaneous set. All right, here, we're going to get some friends. That tweet will bring in some peeps. Well, if you'd like to take today's experience up a level, and I know you do, all you need is a copper mug or a glass of tanker gels. It's time to canteen, jug, flask, vessel of any kind. Fill it with your favorite liquid I like, coffee. And join me now for the unparalleled pleasure. It's the dopamine the other day, the thing that makes you all feel complete. If you're a man, you're more of a man after this. If you're a woman, you're more of a woman. And if you're neither one of those things, you're more of whatever you are, too. Join me now for the unparalleled pleasure. Go. Yes, I did just tweet, is NBC the RT for America? Because I feel like maybe it is. You know, RT is Russia Today. It's a, a publication that the Russian government tries to pretend is a, you know, like a CNN competitor or something. But, you know, all the, all the stories are biased. Uh, the way Putin would want them. But NBC just looks like our version of it, doesn't it? It just looks like they say whatever the government bullshit is that they want you to believe. Yeah, I guess, I guess in a way it is a CNN competitor. You're right. Uh, all right, you all saw the story of AOC getting arrested for protesting about the abortion decisions in the Supreme Court, and uh, people are laughing because it looks like she was holding her, her hands behind her, her back like she was uh, being handcuffed, but she was not being handcuffed. She was just being led away. She was waving at one point. Now, I don't know if she put her hands behind her back to make the photo op look more impressive, or maybe she was just offering herself her hands to the police. Right? If you knew you were going to get arrested and it was part of your plan, would you, if the police came up, wouldn't you put your hands behind you and say, cuff me? You know, basically telling them, you know, I'm on board, just cuff me and take me, make it easy. I don't know. I don't know what she was doing, but it's not much of a story. Kind of fun. Um, here's one of the biggest stories in the world that you will think is not. <laughs> I don't think I can convince you this is one of the biggest things happening, like really big. They're really a, a signal of the golden age. Uh, there's a tweet today, I guess a Cedar sinai doctor, Dr. Amanda Velasquez is making the following claim, which I believe 
is gigantic. You will say, no, that doesn't seem to make much difference. Let's see who's right. Her claim is this, that obesity is not a disease of willpower. Uh, the doctor says that over 40% of the nation is affected, and, and uh, not because they're not motivated enough or that they lack willpower, but because it's truly a disease. Now, that is the primary message in the book just over my shoulder, written some years ago, in which I described to the public that if you were trying to lose weight using this thing called willpower, you're probably going to fail because willpower isn't even real. It's sort of like going hunting with an imaginary gun. If you're going to use your willpower to lose weight, you're not going to lose any weight because you're not using anything. There's no such thing as willpower. (laughs) It doesn't exist. There's simply choices between things. Sometimes one is better, sometimes the other is better. But you're always going to take the best choice. That's it. So the only thing you can do is make sure that the right choice looks good compared to the bad choice. That's all you can do. There's, the, the willpower is imaginary. You always take the thing that looks the best to you. That's it. Now, there is addiction, and I think that food is properly considered an addiction because it's designed that way. It's designed to addict. You know, the, If you manipulate the uh, salt, sugar, fat content you can actually scientifically hit an addiction level. There's a book by that name that teaches you how that was done. And it was probably about the time that America, just its health just fell apart with obesity. Because once the food manufacturers learned how to make addictive food, they no longer needed to make nutritious food. See the problem? <laughs> Why would you make nutritious food when you could make addictive new? food. One of them makes you rich, and the other one nobody buys because they're not addicted to it. Um, Not nobody, but you know what I mean. So when I see that the medical community can say out loud that willpower isn't going to help you lose weight, they're very close to understanding that it also doesn't exist. The reason willpower won't let you lose weight Medical community, just push it a little bit further. You're almost there. Right now they're saying, well, willpower, really you should look over here. No, that's that's so close. You should say willpower does not exist. Forget it. Just find a way to make your good choices look better than your bad choices. That's what my book teaches. For example, if you have in your house um, tasty food that's bad for you, sitting right next to perfectly healthy food that doesn't taste so good, what the hell are you going to do? If your house has good food and unhealthy food sitting right next to it, uh, it's not about willpower. It's about you picked the one that was tastier. That's it. That's the whole thing. So get rid of that, good, get rid of that uh, food from your house. Why, why do you have food in your house that's unhealthy? You should go to your house and say, well, I'm really hungry. I have a choice between these two healthy things. Yeah, I feel like I like this healthy thing better than this healthy thing. Done. As soon as you think that willpower is part of the process, you're lost. You might as well just call yourself fat and go die because there's nothing you can do if that's your frame. All right, but uh, seeing the medical community wake up to the illusion is kind of interesting. And I've said that uh, the golden age will be 
characterized by people losing their illusions. Losing their illusions. That's, that's the theme today. As people start to lose their illusions, they can be more effective. Once you lose the illusion of willpower... Oh, let, 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 me, let me make my case. A number of you have read my book and lost, lost lots of weight. All right, I hear people losing 80 pounds like regularly. 80 pounds. <laughs> like that's a, that's a typical thing I hear every day. Every day. And all they did was forget about willpower and just manage their choice options. That's all they did. All right. To make my case, I'm just going to ask the people who read the book and tried the method of you know, not using willpower, how many of you lost weight using the method? So in the comments over in the locals. So the locals, maybe you won't see it. I'll tell you what's happening over there. Um, I was down 60 at one point. Definitely, yes, it helped. Lost 20 pounds so far, down 40. Uh, I was 75 pounds down, 30 pounds. I'm just reading the people who read the book, right? 70 pounds, 40 pounds, 12 pounds. This is not small stuff. (laughs) This is enormous. Look look at all the people who lost weight. I mean, uh, somebody got divorced and lost 140 pounds of ugly fat, and that... That's quite an accomplishment. Um, 60 years and 140 pounds. Uh, all right. Amazing. All right. So uh, medical science is catching up to cartoonists. And that's not even a joke. Like, that's actually literally true. Medical science is just sort of halfway to catching up to cartoonists writes a book. And that's true. Right, that's not an overclaim, because I, I do have experience as a hypnotist, and hypnotists know that willpower isn't real. <laughs> it's just the medical community hasn't figured it out yet. All right, um, here's a story that uh, this is what I call the wink from the simulation, a wink from the simulation. This is how you know that you live in a constructed reality that has some jokes built into it. All right. So this story is apparently real. Some canine units uh, found a bunch of money that had been stolen from uh, the Cadillac Lounge in Providence. Now, I believe that's a strip club. Fact check, man. That's a strip club, right? And I think all the money they found was in uh, singles, (laughs) which is funny. But that's not the funny part of the story. It's not funny that it's a strip club. It's not funny that they got robbed. It's not funny that canine units found the the money, and it was mostly in $1 bills. What's funny is that the owner of the Cadillac Lounge, his first name is Dick, his last name is Shappy, S-H-A-P-P-Y. And if you said it quickly, he's been making Dick Shappy for a lot of time. Yeah, have another drink. If this drink and this uh, naked woman doesn't make some dick shappy, I don't know what will. Yeah, I'm making, making a lot of dick shappy right now. For uh, I don't know. This is just a gift from the simulation, and we should just enjoy it. Just enjoy it. Okay. Uh, there's some fake news on Fox News, um, courtesy of Tom Cotton interview. So Tom Cotton says, uh, Democrats think Americans who are struggling with $4.50 gas 
can afford a $65,000 electric car. Good point or bad point? Go ahead. Good point or bad point? Do you, do you, think, it's, uh, do you think Democrats are kind of on their own planet because they think that uh, people who can't afford gas could buy a $65,000 car? Good point or bad point? Well, as Democrats were quick to point out in their criticism, here are some costs for electric cars. Now, the 65000 might be referring to more of a, a Tesla situation, but here are existing electric cars that the Democrats say you can buy. Now, remember that we're, we're comparing this to the Tom Cotton um, quote with $65,000. Chevy Bolt, uh, I'll round up, just round up, 27000 Nissan Leaf, 29000 Mini Cooper, 31000 Mazda MX, 35000 Honda Kona Electric, 35000 So is, is uh, Tom Cotton correct that electric cars don't seem to be the right answer because they're so expensive? Or is he incorrect that really he doubled the price of these? And if you looked at a, you know, an ordinary car, that it would be somewhat affordable. Now, I, w- I would argue that if you're buying a car in that $30,000 range, that would be average. Um, let me confess in public, I don't know what average is anymore. <laughs> I've, been, I've been rich for too long. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's just it's sort, of a, sort of a blind spot I have now, but, but intentionally. Don't ask me what a quart of milk costs, because I, I haven't looked at a price in a grocery store in 25 years. Um, it's sort of the first luxury you buy. By the way, if anybody's ever had the experience of going from poor to not poor, and, and you're, you, know, you, you started thinking, what luxuries can I get if I have money? The first, rug, the first luxury, by far, is not looking at prices of you know, just ordinary things in the store. If I go buy light bulbs, I don't look at the price. That is my luxury. It, and it's amazing. It's amazing. If you didn't think getting rich is a good deal, probably most of you thought it was a good deal. But it's weird that the best part of it is something you don't think of. Like you think, oh, I'm going to get my yacht and my nice car and my nice home, and those are great. Those are great things. But not thinking about the price of stuff for ordinary, everyday stuff is just an amazing like mental, mental vacation. It's amazing. So anyway, a little digression there. Sorry about that. I don't know. I, I think I'm going to call this fake news. I'm going to call this fake news. Would anybody disagree with that characterization? Because if you really can buy an electric car for 30-something thousand, I think it's fake news. Right? And by the way, I, I wasn't really aware of this because I don't follow electric car prices. I didn't really know. Now, if you're calling it hyperbole, um, you know, I'll accept that. And uh, let me say again that I think Tom Cotton is one of the strongest candidates for president. You know, if Trump doesn't run and it's another Republican, I'd probably look at him the hardest. But um, I would love to see him get a little bit closer to the factual reality. It would make me feel a little more comfortable. He's got plenty of material. I mean, how hard is it to argue against democratic leadership. 
It's not hard. (laughs) You don't have to pick something that could be fact-checked. And one of the things I've liked about Tom Cotton the most so far is that as far as I knew, he hadn't said anything that was just, you know, obvious bullshit. I haven't seen it. But, you know, and, and again, you said this is hyperbole, and I'm going to accept that. If, if Trump said this, I would have called it hyperbole, right? But I don't think Tom Cotton's really the hyperbole guy. I don't know if that's his, I don't know if that's his best look. Um, anyway, uh, Democrats continue to solve imaginary problems. And uh, it's starting to be a pattern that's hard to miss. All right. I'm going to mention a few and see if the pattern starts to take form in your head. So here are some problems that the Democrats have decided to solve. Uh, so they, they passed in just the House their uh, Respect for Marriage Act, which would codify into law that it, will, that it will be legal for interracial marriages to continue and for gay marriages to continue to be legal. Now... Let me ask you this. Let's just deal with interracial marriage first. I have been alive for 65 years. I have lived in some very Republican places. I have dealt extensively with people all over the political you know, landscape, from the farthest of the right to the farthest of the left. And I talk a lot about politics and issues and stuff, in my 65 years, I have not met one person, not one, who was opposed to interracial marriage. <laughs> have you? <laughs> have you ever met even one person who was opposed to interracial marriage? <laughs> uh, look at all the answers go by. And a lot of my, a lot of my followers are, you know, retirement age, etc. And even they haven't heard of it. <clears throat> Do you think it has something to do with the fact... Let's talk about Republicans here. So we'll just talk about Republicans. Do you think it has something to do with the fact that Justice uh, Thomas and Mitch McConnell are in interracial marriages? (laughs) Come on. Like, two two of the most important Republican figures are proudly in interracial marriages. Does anybody care? Does anybody care? I've never seen it. I've never seen it. In my whole life, I've never seen one peep. And we live in a world where people complain about everything. We complain about everything. But not one person in 65 years has ever said to me, you know, I got a real problem with this interracial marriage stuff. (laughs) Never. Not once. Now, you did hear people saying, oh, maybe you don't want to get into that situation because it will make your life harder. That was an opinion you used to hear. But nobody said, nobody said there's something like morally, ethically wrong with it. I never heard that. <laughs> so that was, that's an imaginary problem that the Democrats have solved. Uh, how about the, their other big project is trying to prevent another uh, insurrection, like January 6th. They're trying to prevent another January 6th insurrection. That's right. One of their top priorities is to prevent something that didn't happen from happening again. I'm not making that up. There definitely was no insurrection, no, no unarmed insurrection. That didn't happen. So all of their work, they would say, is not even so much about what happened. It's more about making sure it doesn't happen again. Literally, 
their top priority is to make sure that a thing that never happened and really almost couldn't happen won't happen a second time. I'm not making that up. That's a purely imaginary problem. How about uh, all the effort they spent looking into the Russia collusion hoax? 100% not real, and it was their top priority for, what, years? (laughs) Completely not real. Absolutely made up, and they made it up. It wasn't like they got fooled by it. They made it up. Imaginary. Um, uh, How about... uh, I don't know about this, but according to MSNBC, an article there, um, they believe that the Iran problem in terms of nuclear uh, was solved, that Obama solved it, and that Iran was totally out of the nuclear arms-making business, and that here's the weird part. MSNBC is saying without embarrassment that the Iran situation was solved, but Israel was not aware of it. Uh, That's a category I'd like to create. I'd like to create things you would have to believe in order to also believe the dominant Democrat narrative. So in this case, the thing you would have to believe to buy into their narrative that that Iran was a solved problem, you'd have to believe that Israel, that the country of Israel was not aware that the problem had been solved. Their single biggest... um, risk of extermination, really, literally. If there there was a nuke nuke dropped on Israel, it would be game over. Their number one, I would guess, their number one biggest issue in the world for which they have embedded spies, they're watching everything. There's nothing that could be more of more interest than Israel. Is that, was that a fair statement? Because normally that would sound like hyperbole, right? I feel like I could say that Iran is the number one biggest problem for the uh, Israeli government, right? I mean, they got tons of other problems, but that's got to be number one. So in order to follow the MSNBC and Democrat narrative, you would have to believe that the entire government of Israel was unaware that the number one biggest problem in their reality had already been solved. Not only had it already been solved... But according to the Democrat narrative, they unsolved it with Trump. They took a solved problem, and Netanyahu, the biggest hawk, decided to unsolve it and create again a nuclear problem. That's actually what MSNBC is trying to sell you. Isn't that just like, don't you just shake your head and say, how does anybody believe this? And the answer is, their consumers do. (laughs) Otherwise, they wouldn't be in business. There are enough people who believe this that they can get away with it. It's completely made up. The, the Democrats are working almost entirely on imag- imaginary problems. Can you think of a better a signal that we're entering the golden age? I can't. I can't think of a better signal that we're entering a golden age than the fact that our government is forced to work on imaginary problems. Because if they don't work on the imaginary ones, they don't have enough to do. They don't have something to argue about. They literally have to create imaginary problems because civilization has reached the point where we fix the real ones. It's true. 
How about our energy problem? What caused our energy problem? Fake news. It's a manufactured problem. If the fake news had not convinced us you know, to get rid of all of our... or, or convinced us to, let's see... Uh, first of all, the fake news convinced us that Germany was not at risk from Russian uh, oil actions, right? Tell me if I'm wrong. Did the fake news not tell you that uh, when Trump says that Germany is at risk, he should be laughed at? That, that's what the fake news told you. Fake news said, no, <laughs> just laugh at that guy. And he was right. That, that's a problem that was caused by the fake news. If you think that the problem was caused by bad management... Or, no, the management follows the news. The news is the tail wagging the dog. If the news says something's a bad idea, if CNN says something's a bad idea, are the Democrats going to do it? No. No, they can't. If CNN says it's a bad idea, Democrats can't do it. They can't. <laughs> so it's not that <laughs> the Democrats don't have any control. CNN does. Now, it might be that the Democrats are controlling CNN, that connection you know, certainly seems likely. But if you're looking for the root cause, uh, the one, that, one thing you could fix that would fix everything is going to be the fake news. So I think the fake news is behind our energy problems because, you know, climate panic, etc. Um, let's see what else the fake news is causing. I made a list here. Um, well, actually, let's, let's do this. Let's talk about things that are trending well and then not trending well. All right. So here are some things uh, that are trending positive at the moment. Just to give you a little hint of optimism. Okay. Here are things that are going well. I'm in California, and by now, my state is usually on fire. Like, actually, by now, this time of the season, last few years, I couldn't go outdoors. Couldn't go outdoors because there was so much wildfire smoke everywhere in California. This year, it's fine. Uh, Apparently, those rapid response helicopters or some other mitigation, or is it luck? I don't know. Yeah, so far, so far, right? Could change. But it looks like California actually got on top of it. And and if, uh, if Newsom had anything to do with that, I don't know if he did, but I would give him credit. If he did, yeah, it might be the Chinooks. You're right. So they've got rapid response helicopters. Maybe that makes a difference. Um, I believe energy costs have topped out. Am I right? It looks like gas topped out. Maybe it's sort of drifting low. It's the top you worry about. If you hit the top and start drifting in the other direction, you're fine. <laughs> you just have to worry about new tops. If you don't have any new tops, you're fine. So energy, I think, is trending in the right direction, Finally. We are decoupling from China. That trend is looking good. Maybe too slow. Maybe too fast. I don't know. But the trend is right. We've got nuclear energy is now back in, uh, let's say, back in good favor. That's an amazingly good trend for everything, especially climate change, if you're worried about that. Um, The supply chain issues have topped out. Have they not? (laughs) There are fewer ships waiting to be unloaded, and people have figured out enough workarounds at this point that the, the supply chain problem is not over by any means, but I think it topped out, which means it's going to drift back in the right direction. <laughs> How about um, the Ukraine situation? Well, in terms of spending, it's out of control, but in terms of it likely to go nuclear, I'd say not really any chance of that. So I would say that the risk of nuclear war 
from Ukraine is now trending, not really. Uh, you might disagree with that, but I think, I think that risk is sort of mitigated at this point. Because Russia will get enough out of it that they don't need to do anything crazy. I think the pandemic, as annoying as it is, is largely managed. We're largely past the pandemic. You know, with all the you know, problems that still linger, but largely we've pushed it into endemic territory. Let's try to keep it there. Um, stocks are up. I don't know about today, the last few days. <laughs> Let's see what the stocks are doing. Stocks. You've probably already told me in the comments before I could do it. Um, the S&P is up. S&P is up. But, you know, I think there's a 15-minute delay, so maybe it's not really up. But I think stocks have been good the last few days. Jobs are still good. That's a lot of stuff that's good. That, yeah, the, the stocks are in the toilet. We're only talking trend, right? The trend looks like the stocks have stopped falling. Would you, would you at least agree that they've stopped falling? Because I believe that the Fed is starting to, you know, make the right moves and tightening up, and we're, we're not spraying money like we used to, except for Ukraine. Bitcoin's up 2%. Uh, I'm not about, I don't know about that one. All right, so here's some things that are not trending right. All right, not trending right. Uh, <laughs> let's see, the fake news is getting worse. Ukraine spending, it looks like a permanent sinkhole and military industrial complex owns us. So everything about the Ukraine situation is still negative in terms of spending. Uh, inflation and government debt. Um, if energy costs are coming down, maybe inflation hit a top, but I'm not going to call a top on inflation yet. Are you still with me on that? Would anybody call a top on inflation already? I feel it's like just early for that. I see one yes, lots of no's, no's. So we're not going to call a top on inflation yet, right? But do you think we're close? I feel like we're in a, within a point or two. Yeah, I think we're within a point. Something like that. <laughs> I think we're approaching a top. But we're definitely not out of control. Yeah, we're not, we're not going Zimbabwe. I think you can rule out Zimbabwe-like inflation. It looks like we're going to, you know, we might, we're going to double-digit it and then pull back. I think that's what's going to happen. You'll be fine. And jobs are weirdly good. Jobs are good. <laughs> yeah, I keep telling you, as long as the jobs look good, you end up powering through anything. It's only when you lose your jobs that you can't power through it. Kent, Kent says, Scott should read a book on how to gain muscle. Um, I feel like... <laughs> I'm not sure where that comment came from. But you realize I'm, I'm literally a senior citizen, right? <laughs> Don't make me take my shirt off. Because you know I will. That's such a weird comment. I should read a book on how to build muscle. You're not wrong, but it's a weird comment. All right, here's another... uh, All right, here's a challenge for you. Name a problem that isn't caused by the fake news, a political problem. Name a major political, like, headline kind of problem that's not caused by the fake news. Somebody says inflation. 
Do you think uh, inflation would be what it is if the news if the news talked about the economy accurately? Would inflation be what it is? In other words, would we make the same decisions we've made in the past if the news told people what would happen? If you spend this money, you'll get this inflation. I don't think so. I don't think we would make the same decisions. So that's a problem of fake news. Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden is a problem of fake news because the fake news is preventing us from you know, dealing with the Hunter Biden situation. War. Do you think the war in Ukraine is caused by real news or fake news? Here's why America supports the war in Ukraine. Because Americans have been convinced that uh, Putin is the aggressor. (laughs) That's fake news. Putin is not the aggressor in Ukraine. America is. America is totally the aggressor. Did you know that? (laughs) Now, some of you know it, like because you're you're more news you know uh, saturated, you're you're more likely to look. Uh, the people who watch this live stream are a little bit more likely to have more context, but I don't think most of the public knows that we're the aggressor in that war. Uh, Putin literally is acting defensively. Now he's acting defensively in in a way that's you know helps his self interest and conquers territory and all that. But Ukraine used to be his, in effect. It used to be his. We stole it. If you didn't know that we took it, Ukraine from Russia, then you don't understand why they're trying to take it back. <laughs> the whole thing's based on fake news. Right. All right, how about another one? Give me, give me any story that's not based on fake news. Anything. That's a headline story. National debt. All right. National debt. Like I said, national debt and inflation, it's the same story. If the news explained economics to us in the simplest way, and it didn't lie, the public would have put a control on the government and said, oh, okay, that's too far. You know, pull it back a little. And we deeply uninformed. That's because of the fake news. High school, yeah. How about systemic uh, racism? If the, if the fake news were real news, they would say, yes, there is systemic racism. Fox News would say the same thing. If the, if the news were real, Fox News would say, oh, there's definitely systemic racism. But they don't. They say it doesn't exist. But if they did, do you know what would be the next level? What do you do about it? If the fake news allowed us all to say, okay, it exists, now what do you do about it? The next stage would be, oh, fix the schools. Now, why doesn't the news tell you what to do about fixing schools? Because the answer is the teachers' unions is the problem, and that's a, that's a Democrat-based situation. So the fake news has to tell you that the real problem is, I don't know, Republicans or something, because the real problem is Democrats, and specifically the Democrat connection to the teachers' unions. The teachers' unions, unions are so big that they can donate enough money to control the Democrat Party. So the, the teachers' union does what it needs to do for its own people, get, get the most um, job security and safety and income that they can. That part makes sense, except that the victims are the children. <laughs> if the teachers' unions do a really good job, and they do, a really good job, the unions do a really good job, it will destroy the lives of the children. And the unions did a really good job, and it's destroying the lives of the children and creating... Systemic racism, because you have a whole 
another, yet another generation of young black Americans who are underserved. Again, it's not like we don't know how to fix it. <laughs> Bad schools, fix them. No, teachers' union has too much power. You can't do that. But we're getting closer. However, here's your golden age indicator. Uh, there is a, an attorney. His last name is Crump. And he's fairly famous because he's, he's uh, represented families in various police cases connected to Black Lives Matter. So uh, Mr. Crump is uh, well-known as a Black Lives Matter supporter type. Uh, he, he, did, he represented families of Trayvon Martin, uh, Michael Brown, Breonna Taylor. I mean, these are the most <laughs> famous names in this space, right? Jacob Blake and George Floyd, among others. Among others. And so, so you know who he is, right? All right, so I think this matters. Get, give, me, give, me, <laughs> give me a check on this. I'm going to tell you his race. I think it matters to the story, but maybe you shouldn't. I don't know, I'm, I'm checking myself right now. Does it matter to the story? All right, tell me if I'm a racist for mentioning this. He's black. I think it adds to the story, but I'm, I might be just throwing something in there that doesn't matter. You, be the, you decide. Here's the story. So now you know who he is. Here's what he's doing. Uh, there are some parents who are suing the Baltimore School District for taking their money in taxes and providing no benefit to the community. In other words, the lawsuit says the school system is so broken it's literally a zero. doesn't do anything for the community. So you're taking your money, you're providing zero in return, and we're suing you. And Mr. Crump, the person who is identified for you know, supporting Black Lives Matter and uh, all things of that nature, uh, has joined the lawsuit. He joined the lawsuit. This is, so there's a big supporter of Black Lives Matter and the black community, and he just said, yeah, you know, you're right. It's the school. It's a little story that might be a big story or, or like an indication of a turning point. <laughs> if you can get people at the quality level of this Mr. Crump, if, if black leaders at this level, I mean, he's, he's highest level of capability, right? If people at that level can correctly identify the problem, we're in good shape. The problem is that they're looking in the wrong place. And they just turned and said, wait a minute, maybe the problem is right here. We can all get on the same page if that's the problem. Because the Republicans are you know, locked and loaded and, and ready to do something about schools. If you saw the, the statistics for the Baltimore School District, it's almost as if there's no school. That's how bad the performance is. It's very close to not actually having a school district. It's that close. I mean, you think that's an exaggeration, but so many of the people have a grade point average under one, under one, <laughs> that's basically completely broken. Now, you need somebody who's got this kind of credentials that Crump has, where you know what side he's on. You know what side he's on, right? There's no doubt about what side he's on. And I'm on his side. So I'm on his side. So, Mr. Crump, I join you in this uh, full, completely, right? 
And um, if you can use your lawyerly skill and power to, to you know, just break this thing so we can fix it, uh, I'm totally on board. So go get it done, Mr. Crump. Good for you. All right. And that, I believe, I believe, brings us to the conclusion of the best live stream in the history of live streams. Now, let me ask you this question. Have I made my case, or are you beginning to believe that there is a turning point that's happening right now? It's hard to recognize because things are so bad. (laughs) But, you know, it's like darkest before the dawn situation. But there are a lot of big, big things that just turned. And I would argue that even some of the things you think are continuing big problems... Maybe they're not. Maybe they're not. The one I like to point to is illegal immigration. Completely out of control, right? But coincidentally, it lines up when we have the greatest need for labor. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe it's a self-fixing problem. Need more labor? Illegal immigration is out of control. Now, I'm not going to say that they match up, right? Because a lot of the labor we need is skilled labor, and that's not what we're talking about. But I do think it's going to free up other people to maybe learn some skilled labor. Um, Yeah, and let me be clear. I'm not in favor of any illegal immigration. To me, the correct amount is zero. But we should have a system that recognizes that when the economy needs more, we open it up. When it needs less, you tighten it up. That's easy. It was easy to know what to do. It was hard to get there. Uh, Your food bill disagrees. I don't know what that means. Labor participation rate is 62%. Well, that's voluntary. Uh, We do need foreign labor if the people here don't want to work, for whatever reason. Yeah. Have you ever... uh, I had this experience the other day. I was in the uh, park. There were a lot of people there for an event. And I looked around and I asked myself, what percentage of all the people in this park work? (laughs) Have you ever done that? If you work for a living, like you've always worked. I've worked since, I don't know. I think I've worked consistently since I was 10 or 11 years old or something. I don't think I ever not, I, I don't think I ever didn't have a job from about 12 years old. And so I only know working. I don't know anything else. And I stand in the park and I look around and I think, yeah, half of these people don't work. So you got your seniors, your stay-at-homes, your between-jobs, your kids, your students. Although I'll call students working, in a way. College students, I'll say, are working. <laughs> Somebody on the local says, I only agree with you 58.8% of the time, but you come back for the optimism. I think I'm the only one who does optimism. Am I wrong? About the world. Can you name anybody else who does a live stream in which they, in which they even point out anything is going right? I think I'm the only one. And it's really tempting to talk about the things that are going wrong because those are the headlines. But it's easy to forget that I think we turned. I'm going to call the turn. So I, I know I haven't convinced you but I'm going to call it. We're in the turn. 
We're, we're entering a golden age of uh, medical miracles. We're going to Mars. Then the nuclear energy business is unstoppable at this point, including the Generation 4 that will be the safest yet. Uh, Ukraine's the only thing I'm worried about, and that's just because the military-industrial complex has just you know, stuck, a, stuck a needle in us and is bleeding us as usual. There's got to be some way to fix that. But if we get the Ukraine spending part under control, I feel like we're, we're in for a run. Let me tell you this. I, do not give, I don't give advice for investing. So if you were to invest based on what I'm going to say next, don't blame me, because <laughs> I'm not recommending anything. However, I would feel sorry for anybody who doesn't own stock at the moment in the United States. If you don't own stock in the United States as of today, I feel like you're going you're gonna to feel bad about that at some point. Now, don't buy stock because I said so. It's just a prediction. It's not, not a recommendation. Um, has my opinion on Bill Gates changed because of all the farmland? Can somebody explain why Bill Gates buying farmland is bad for anything? Please? Is there something about that story I don't understand? Because I can't think of anyone I would rather own farmland than Bill Gates. Maybe Elon Musk. Maybe Jeff Bezos. If you told me, who do you want to own all your farmland, I would say one of our billionaires. But one of the good ones, right? Now, I consider Bill Gates one of the good ones, not for his personal life. That's his business. I don't care about it. Right? Don't care about his personal life. I also don't care about everything he did before he turned to full th- philanthropy. I also don't care that you think he was wrong about uh, the pandemic. Right? That's not the ca- category. The, th- the thing that I believe is really obvious is that he's not in it for the money. To me, that is so blindingly obvious that I can't even consider the other opinion. How many of you think Bill Gates is still, still, as of right now, in it for the money? What do you think? Do you think he's in it for the money? Power. No, Bill Gates could have been president. He doesn't want power. He could, he could easily have been president if he wanted to. He could, have bought his, he could have bought his way in. Now, he doesn't seem to be power... Recognition, maybe, in the sense that being known as the best philanthropist would be kind of cool. Yeah. But I don't, you know, he may, eugenics. <laughs> I, I think the, here, here's the other least likely thing, that, that Bill Gates is like a secret eugenicist. Population control. Um, Population control is just people controlling their own destiny. (laughs) Do you have a problem with Bill Gates thinking that people should control their own destiny and how much population or how many babies they have? I'm not sure that that's evil, giving people power. Let me tell you, if Bill Gates buys up all... By the way, can somebody... Nobody ever completed the thought. What would go wrong... If Bill Gates owns the most farmland in the United States, what, and, then, and then what? What goes wrong? How does that turn bad for us? 
Because if, if you ask me, the most likely person to figure out how to grow crops without you know, traditional fertilizer and irrigation would be Bill Gates. Can you imagine anybody more likely to find a way to use the farmland in the most productive way? I, I can't think anybody would be better at that, except you know, Elon Musk, if he were in that game. I'm projecting good motives because those are the, what's obviously in play. So I'm not imagining something without evidence to imagine it. I, I've seen no evidence that Bill Gates has bad intentions. Never. I've never seen one, one suspicious flag. Now, there is evidence that maybe he's been wrong about a few things, right? But that would just be everybody. We've all been wrong about a few things. So, uh, so you, know, you talk about pushing the vax and you don't like that. Worst case scenario is he was wrong. That's the worst case scenario. Not that he's evil. How do you even get that motive out of him? Can somebody give me an idea of anything he's ever done that would suggest his motive is bad? What, what, what has he ever done that would suggest his motive is bad? No, overcharge for software, right. Now he, He's left that business behind. I'm talking about his philanthropical stage. Now, Epstein's Island is his personal life, and again, I'm not condoning or supporting it. Right? There's, there's nobody here to support his personal life. Can we agree? Let's agree on that. <clears throat> there's nobody here to support Bill Gates' personal choices. That's just that's his problem. Uh, working with China on nuclear. There, do you know why uh, Bill Gates would be working with China on nuclear? Because the United States won't let him. There, there were things that China would let him do in terms of trying new technology that you couldn't do in America for a while, but I think that may have changed. I, I think the company he backs is at uh, Terra, Terra Power or something. Whichever one he backs, I think they've got an American project going now. He is one of the CCP's chief co-conspirators. Well, like, but those are all like generic. Do you have a specific problem with him? Infertility shots for Africans. Do you think he was? Uh, do you think that Bill Gates was suggesting people be vaccinated uh, without their approval? <laughs> I don't know what that story is about vaccinations for Africans, but I'm pretty sure that wasn't supposed to be without their approval. If you thought that, maybe research that a little bit better. Right. Giving people options never feels evil to me if you're fully disclosing what the option involves. Um, now, if you're saying that there were people who died because Bill Gates was promoting some vaccinations and then it didn't work out, maybe. I'm not even sure I would hold that against him. So the trouble is when you're operating at his level, you either say nothing, which would be a huge waste of capabilities, or you say something... And sometimes you're wrong. And sometimes people die. It's like, sorry, he operates at the level of a president. Because if a president makes a bad decision, people die. Right? But do presidents ever make bad decisions where people die? Yeah, even the ones you like. Even the presidents you like make decisions where people die. So if Bill Gates did something that he thought was going to be a good idea and it turned out to be a bad idea, I would say that's a bad situation. 
but that is no evidence whatsoever of Bill Gates' intentions or capabilities or, or anything. It's just something didn't work out. Shit, shit breaks, right? He does a lot of stuff. If everything he did worked, I'd be more worried about him as being Satan, right? You know, like, at least we know he's human if he makes some mistakes. And they, they could be big mistakes. But remember, everything he works on is huge. Everything Bill Gates is working on now in this part of his life is gigantic. You know, it's like water quality and sanitation in Africa. These are big, big things he's taken on, climate change. Right? If he gets any one of those wrong, a lot of people are going to be dead. But here's my take on it. I would rather go with his guess, even knowing he's been wrong, I would go with his guess over a politician's guess every time. And again, anything you want to say about his personal life, I'm not going to have any argument about that. You can like it or dislike it. That's his life. It's his problem. Um, What he does with the land is what's important. Here's what I think he's doing with the land. Just a guess. Protecting the um, American food supply. I think that's what he's doing. I think Bill Gates is single-handedly, you know, with a few other billionaires, I think they're buying enough land that no matter what went wrong, he could plant enough uh, crops to make up the difference. Because I don't think that what he's buying, I don't think what he's buying is all used, right? A lot of it would be unused. Imagine Bill Gates saying, uh-oh, looks like we're going to run out of wheat in a year. How many, how many tractors could he put on his land in a year if he needed to? You know, if you're one of the richest people in the world. No. I, I, feel like, I feel like he's created a, uh, like an emergency food supply. He's just not saying it out loud. What else could it be? Now, it could be just an investment, because you, know, you might think farmland will be worth more, especially because of climate change or whatever. could be that. You say he's creating an emergency? Why would he do that? <laughs> it's far more likely he's creating a, 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 like a, a solution than, than a problem. I don't know. Zach says, if we're a smart man, Scott, you are misinformed. Zach, how would you distinguish between me being misinformed and you being misinformed? What would that look like? So I give my opinions in public every day, Zach. Do you do that? Is there, do you have the entire world fact-checking your opinions, Zach? Because if I make a mistake, <clears throat> people are filling in the blanks as soon as I say it. Yeah, the, the moment I say something wrong, the correct answer appears to me. Zach, when you sit in your uh, basement masturbating uh, to this live stream, I don't know. I don't know if you're right or wrong and nobody's fact-checking you. So you can sit there with one hand on the keyboard and the other hand on your tiny little cock, and you can tell me that I'm misinformed because nobody's fact-checking you. No. No, just sit in your little basement there, Zach, and go nuts. People are still trying to get under my skin by telling me my ex-wife is having fun. <clears throat> Who doesn't want their ex-wife to have fun? Like, what kind of a monster am I? Uh, since, since people are bringing it up in public, 
Let me give you an update. I'm fine. <laughs> I don't have a problem in the world at the moment. I mean, I can't even think of one. Um, my health is pretty good. You know, the economy is turning around. I can't think of a problem I have in the world. Honestly. Literally, I can't think of one. I mean, I have, like, small annoyances. I don't have a, I don't have a problem in the world. Can you say that? So whoever it is that was just trying to mock me for my personal life, is, does that, is that what your life looks like? Do you wake up in the morning and not have any problems? Because I did. I woke up this morning, I didn't have a fucking problem in the world. Nothing. Yeah, I don't even have a water leak today. I mean, tomorrow probably, but today, no. no. I'm uh, probably as free and as happy as I've been in a long time. And my ex, you know, I, I try to avoid all I try to avoid all information because you know you just you need that to sort of process your new life. But uh, from what I understand, she's absolutely killing it. So I mean, who knows what the reality is? But if you were to judge it on paper, she is upgraded in the best possible way. You know, it's hard to be uh, to have a bad feeling about a, disor- a divorce if both of you come out ahead. And you know, now it's like, sort of like it's a year after you know we started talking about divorce. So basically, it's it's a year o- it's over for a year for me essentially. But I think we both came out way ahead. I mean, without getting into details about either of our lives, as far as I can tell, we both came out ahead. And I, I think we both enjoyed a lot of parts of the marriage. So if you had a, a marriage with a whole bunch of good parts that I genuinely enjoyed, but there were bad parts, you know, more toward the end, and then you say, ah, let's do something else. I don't, really, I don't really understand why anybody thinks they can mock me for upgrading my situation. Why do you think that I lost? Why do you think she lost? Why couldn't we both come out ahead? Because I think that's what happened. I think we were two reasonable people who said, you know, getting together made sense, and it did. And then when we said being apart made sense, we both upgraded. Right? Now, uh, you only lose when you shoot a movie with Alec Baldwin. Boy, that certainly brings new uh, meaning to the word shooting a movie. Uh, maybe it's time for Alec Baldwin to shoot a movie instead of a co-star. Yeah, the trolls only conceive of lose-lose because they're losers. Uh, <laughs> who's the next Scott College Fund recipient? <clears throat> So let me tell you a little bit about my life arc. It goes like this. Um, now, of course, there's a prenup. <laughs> who, who thinks I don't have prenups? Come on. Have you met me? <laughs> I'm probably the least likely person on the planet Earth who would not have a prenup. Like no, no, no one would be less likely than me. Anyway, so here, here's my, here's my uh, take on life. When, when I started getting rich at the beginning of the, the Dilbert phenomenon, um, I had to reassess my you know, meaning of life. 
you know, everything changes when you go from seeking resources to having resources. Like, all your decisions and priorities have to be readjusted, right? And one thing I promised myself is I didn't want to die rich because that would look like failure to me. Dying rich looks like you really fucked up. Getting rich and using it productively until there's almost nothing left when you die, that's a win. Because if I'm just sitting on my money and there are people out there starving, what did I do? (laughs) Did I make the world better by sitting on a pile of money while people are starving? No. So I pretty much am always looking about how, you know, the good news for me could be translated into direct benefit to other people. So how many people have I made millionaires? Quite a few. Quite a few. If you count ex-wives and ex-relationships and people I've helped and their kids. and How many houses have I purchased for other people? I'm not going to give you a number. But uh, trust me, you'd talk about it if I did. <laughs> so, and I'm talking about you know family members and stuff, helping out. I'm not talking about buying a whole house necessarily, but helping out. And and there there are just I don't know hundreds, maybe thousands of people I've helped directly. Now I, I try to I try to uh, you know not just spray money into charity. I try to help in some direct ways that make sense to me. Usually people who are close to me, etc. So um, my goal is not to die rich. And so when people try to guess my net worth, they tend to be way off. Because I always say, well, that's what it would be if I, did, if I didn't use it or give it away or get married or have any charitable impulses whatsoever. Yeah, that's what it would be. But it's not. That's what it would be. But I wouldn't want it to be that because I would feel like a loser. If I had every penny I'd ever earned, like still, I would just feel like the biggest loser. David says, I created life. I give that to you. I think if you created a life, you know, whether you're father or mother, if you created a life, you beat me. You did better than I did. You know, I, I, I chose to support life that was already here. That was a conscious decision. And in a, number of, in a number of ways, I've managed to do that. So to me, that feels better. To me, creating life wasn't my calling. Uh, but we need people to create lives. So, so if, if I did something with my money that was good for the world, and what you did was have a child... That's about a tie. You know, I, I'm not sure I'd say, oh, I did better than you because I gave away, you know, or I productively used X dollars. Um, yeah. Anyway, that's enough of that. Um, there's, there's no such thing as a calling. No, that's, you know, I'm, when I say a calling, I'm, I'm using figurative speech, of course. Um, yeah, I don't think everyone should create life. I made a conscious decision, and also I believe there's no free will. Those are not, there's no uh, contradiction there. Because you are conscious of your decisions. You know when they happened. 
So I'm conscious of my decision, but I also think it was going to go that way. <laughs> there's, no, there's no problem with that. All right, what about Bannon? Well, do we know anything about him yet? The, uh, the jury got picked. We'll wait for that one. All right, that's all I got now. I, I don't have a date for the Russell Brand conversation, but I'll let you know when I do. And I'll talk to you, YouTube, tomorrow. And